Well, first of all, let's start with this. In 2010, Barack Hussein Obama, mm, 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 Barack Hussein Obama, in a big hoop-de-doo signing ceremony, signed a bill called an act, actually, called Dodd-Frank. Now, Bonnie Frank was, he was a congressman from uh, Massachusetts. Um, Mr. Geithner, um, do you know anything about this uh, too big to fail? And this part of the shack? Barney Frank was not, a, was not a banker. Didn't work in finance. Well, maybe he did work, do something in, in finance, but he wasn't a banker. Christopher Dodd, I don't know what that clown did. Yet there they were. I want to say that Dodd-Frank was like 2,500 pages long. It came on the heels of the AIG collapse. How many of you remember what happened in 2008? In August and September of 2008. What preceded what happened in 2008? Well, I think we have to get our uh, little duckies in a row here. So we have to tell a little bit of economic uh, 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 background and history here. What happened in 2008? Well, uh, these things that had been being stacked up called MBSs, mortgage-backed securities. MBS, mortgage-backed security, uh, had been accruing or had been piling up inside the investor funds of major financial corporations like Lehman Brothers. They had been buying what were called subprime mortgages. Remember Rick Santelli's famous rant on CNBC? Who wants to pay their neighbor's mortgage? That, that happened after the crash. So, you know, they made a movie about this. A really good movie, as a matter of fact. It's called The Big Short. You want to see kind of how this happened? Watch that movie, The Big Short. So, these MBSs were being stockpiled inside major companies, financial asset holdings. This included Freddie Mac, to a lesser degree, Fannie Mae. And they had been granting these things called subprime mortgages. Uh, I was in line to get a subprime mortgage. And <laughs> when the bottom fell out, uh, my subprime mortgage, What basically what a subprime mortgage was, is you would buy, a, let's just use round numbers. You'd buy a $300,000 house on your first mortgage. You didn't have a down payment, right? You probably didn't have the ability to pay back the 300 large, and you certainly didn't have a down payment. So how did you get a down payment? Well, you took out a second mortgage on a property that you didn't even own yet, for 25, 30 grand, whatever you, 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 you were going to put down as a down payment, you would give that to the builder 
as a down payment, and then you would have three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in mortgages on a three hundred on a house that is appraised at two hundred ninety-five or three hundred. You can figure out what went wrong with that and what went wrong with it quick. This led to the so-called financial crisis of 2008. Remember John McCain suspending his campaign because he was going back to Mordor to vote on it? Well, they're going to get a bailout bill. Who got bailed out? Everybody got bailed out. AIG got like $120 billion in bailout. There's a pre- the, but the point is there's a precedent for this. But every time this happens... This is the ratchet effect. This is Robert Higgs's ratchet effect. Dodd Frank piled bad, stupid, idiotic, small bank crushing regulations on t- top of already stupid, idiotic, small bank crushing regulations. And they had the desired effect. In the 1980s, a similar crash took out all the mom and pop local credit unions, and savings and loans. Most people don't remember any of this stuff. I got a steel trap memory. I remember. Your local savings and loan, and there were, uh, gosh, there were dozens of them right here here in the New Orleans area. There's one right right down the street from where my dad used to live. Uh, Almost all of them were put out of business by the the reform, you see. Uh, This is the Fed... And the Congress acting to crush the little guy. Fast forward to 2008 when they went to debating and sent, uh, and, and set to writing the uh, what ultimately becomes the Dodd Frank bill. Um, <clears throat> this is when remember remember back in the day because we were on Sirius XM at the time we were playing the soundbite from Barney Frank. I might even still have it. Uh, where he would X the guy from, uh, I know it's on the C-SPAN archives, Maggie could probably find it, but we, 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 don't, we don't need it, I can paraphrase. He, he would, uh, uh, Harold Raines was the dude. He was the head of Freddie Mac, I want to say. And they had a big hoop to do hearing on this. And they brought Harold Raines in there, and Frank was asking him questions. <laughs> And Frank's going like, uh, Mr. Range, um, uh, are you see any long-term issue in the, in the mortgage? In the mortgage? Actually, but you know, that range was in two, from 2005. It was before the, uh, uh, the mortgage-backed security uh, a crisis. So Dodd-Frank was an answer to this. It was a bad answer. A really, really bad answer. I can remember reading all these editorials in the Wall Street Journal, uh, things here being posted at Lou Rockwell, Tom Woods, right? It wrote his book called Meltdown. How did all this happen? It all, most of it is presaged by Congress acting. This is what's going to happen this time, too. The only thing that we have going for us this time is that Nazi Pelosi does not have that gavel. If Nazi Pelosi had that gavel, baby, they'd be hearings today, and every small, medium-sized bank in the in the United States would be on the chopping block. Now, this is not to say that Kevin McCarthy is not going to want to take a swipe at this. Let us pray that they resist the impulse. So, 
2008 gives us too big to fail. You got to bail out AIG. Then they had to bail out all these other firms. Then they bailed out the car company. They're going to get a bailout, aren't they? Uh, that's where we get the famous Clark and Dawes uh, routine. Then they, uh, the bailouts continue. It, 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 the program was called TARP, Troubled Asset uh, Restoration Program, I think, something to that. I know it was Troubled Asset. I forget what the R stands for, T-A-R-P. Uh, there were hundreds of billions of dollars of yo. Relief program, okay, relief program. Troubled asset relief program. Uh, Obama signed the TARP, and Obama signed <coughs> Dodd-Frank. As a matter of fact, I put a picture, because people like him pictures. Uh, I put a picture in the um, in the email that went out today, and it's in the, uh, it, it, I linked to it in today's pile of prep at MikeChurch.com, of the signing ceremony for Dodd-Frank. Look at the criminals that are standing around that table. And by the way, look at that photograph. Obama's signing the bill. Biden is standing next to him laughing. He's snickering. Well, Mark Seen Waters and Bonnie Frank and Christopher Dodd and Harry Worthless, Warbucks Reed, they're all looking on like, look how pious and high and mighty we are. Fast forward to 2023. Everyone knew that Dodd-Frank was going to construct ticking time bombs in the banking industry or in the banking sector, and that's pretty much what has happened. So that brings us to now today. What's all the rage been the last couple of years since the corona doom? Digital currencies. Everyone is terrified of a digital currency. Well, let me tell you a couple of things that you may not know that have happened in the last six months. The country of Nigeria, without anyone voting for this, decided to kill its currency. It went to a central digital banking currency. And when the people of Nigeria found out, what did they do? They ran to their banks to go get all of their cash out. You know what the government in Nigeria did? Closed the banks and shut down all of the ATMs. Well, and then told the people, you're going to do central digital banking and like it. And people in Nigeria said, no, man, no, we're not going to do no central digital banking. And there were riots in the street. There's still food riots in Nigeria. There's another country in Africa that did pretty much the same thing without anyone approving any of this. So we can already see where government comes in and goes, I know how we're going to fix the problem. We're going to make a central digital currency. It doesn't fix the problem. It makes the situation worse. And people that don't understand this digital currency just get pissed off and wind up hating and taking to the street and raping, maiming, shooting, robbing, and killing people. Now, maybe that's what our ruling masters want. It's good old-fashioned rioting in the streets. We didn't ride after what videos? January 6th videos. Oh, the January 6th, that, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but they keep poking the bear. There's so much to unpack here, uh, folks. <laughs> There's a lot to get to here today uh, to try and uh, aid and assist all of you in knowing what you may uh, or may not need to do. Thank you. <clears throat> 
Maggie's got to, we're on all the wires monitoring what's yeah, going so on. so this just in, bank shares plummeted up to 71% in pre-market trading, trading this morning. Now, why The stock market opens at 9.30, okay. Right, so why are people, why, why, why are these shares plummeting? Okay, again, I have to soft walk this because it's, it, it'll get very confusing. So I'm trying to go chronologically here. What happened in April of 2020? Now, you see, this is where this is, should get really, or, or March, rather, late March and in early April. This is why this should get really interesting to you people to start listening to the Crusade COVID Chronicles at noon every day. So today's show is going to be Monday, March the 16th, 2020. We're getting, we're, we're now beyond, I believe, we're beyond the 15 days to slow the spread, two weeks to stop, to flatten the curve, okay? The con has already begun. What came next after the two weeks to flatten the curve, 15 days to slow the spread? I forget which order they're in. Uh, the Nazi Pelosi Congress, well, they're going to get a bailout, aren't they? Passed the PPE Act. How much was in the PPE Act? $2.2 trillion. Remember Trump going out and saying, I had to sign this bill because these people and their businesses did nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. And yet, here's the government, here are the governors and the states, here's all these shutdowns. They had the perfect economy, the greatest economy in our country's history. And people are going to need them through no fault of their own. They're going to need this money. Some of this, of the $2.2 trillion, a couple hundred billion of it, or hundred billion or so, wound up at big banks like SVB. Why? Because big companies applied for the bailout knowing they're never going to have to pay it back. And so they took the cash that was printed in Mordor and deposited it in their accounts. What did Silicon Valley Bank do with it? Silicon Valley Bank invested it. Foolishly, and long-term, adjustable rate treasury bonds and treasury bills, T-bills as they're called, long-range bonds. Uh, when Jerome Powell starts spiking the interest rates, the yield on what was purchased goes down. And so the value of what the bank goes down, this is the chain reaction that caused what happened on Thursday and Friday. It's a little more detailed than that, but I'm just trying to give you the 30,000-foot view of, of, of what happened. Wait, out, wait till you hear what else happened along the way. There's a guy that's running for president. I never even heard of this dude. This is uh, Vince. R uh, Ramaswamy or Ramaswamy, however you pronounce it. At the uh, Wall Street Journal today, SVB doesn't deserve a taxpayer bailout. They're going to get a bailout out. They know they're not. He reveals in this uh, this piece, you know, when, when people find out whose money is in that Silicon Valley bank, they're going to get really pissed 
when they learn, well, they're going to get a bailout, aren't they, of who they're bailing out. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you're, you're, solar panel companies, almost every solar panel company in the United States had their money in Silicon Valley Bank. By the way, solar panel manufacturers, they make money. Why? Because they're guaranteed payouts from public utilities and governments, okay? So don't think that, the, the, that these companies are hurting for anything because they're not. But if they try to go on the free market and sell their panels, they'll go under. Solyndra, for example. They're, they're, they're going to go. As soon as the public funding, or as soon as the Silicon Valley Bank funding runs out, these solar panel companies are going to go down with Silicon Valley Bank. So anyway, Mr. Ramaswamy says, SVB situation is different from that of most U.S. banks. Now, this is why there shouldn't be a bank run today, but there will be. And I'm going to tell you why. The same poor hygiene fat bastards that took to the grocery stores, Walmart and other big box uh, grocery retailers, three, three years ago today, <laughs> the 13th of March, and took their shopping buggies and filled them with 24-pack toilet paper uh, uh, bundles and put as many in there and then stacked them up, sometimes six, eight at a time. Why were they doing it? I still don't know. It was a great toilet paper run of <laughs> 2020. And some of us go to the store and go, like, dude, I just needed like one pack of 12 roll and you couldn't, remember, you couldn't find them. <laughs> well, that same idiot woman or man is not very smart. They know nothing about what is actually going on, but they're going to hear bank run, and they're going to think that they're their great-grandfather or great-grandmother, and they're going to go to their bank and say, I want all of it. Give me all my cash. And the bank's going to say, and here's what's going to happen. The banks are going to go, uh, we don't have that much on hand. <laughs> so you go to pull 15 grand out of a bank, they're going to look at you like, uh, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Come back in two days. We'll see if we can round it up. People think that there's these large stores of cash. I mean, they have they have enough to, trans, to do transactions, but they don't have that kind of cash on hand you know, it, it, because the money supply is not actually increased. It's digitally increased. This is how we know there's going to be bank runs, which is why the banking stocks are down. I'm going to get into the Wall Street Journal, edi uh, the editors at the Wall Street Journal piece, because it's, it's the longest one, but it's the most uh, detailed and explains step by step how this happened or what's actually going on here so that you can actually know. Uh, but, but, but first, just a couple little tidbits. SVB's situation is different from that of most U.S. banks. Only 11% of its deposits were insured. While the operating accounts of small businesses often exceed the FDC, FDIC limit, large banks usually sweep the excess into cash management programs that buy treasury bills and other securities. As the nation's 16th largest bank, SVB simply chose not to do so. For some reason, Roku, the publicly traded maker of streaming devices, had a $487 million balance with the bank. Well, they don't have it anymore. <laughs> they don't. Uh, but don't worry, Janet Yellen says that the Treasury Department is going to get, gonna, we're going to give them a bailout. But it's not going to cost the taxpayer a penny. Lie. That's a lie. That's impossible. 
SVB's, uh, SVB also had a concentrated client base of tech startups whose needs for capital were highly sensitive to rising interest rates. Yet SVB itself had the highest concentration of any major bank in mortgage-backed securities. Folks, the bottom has fallen out of existing sale, home sales. Again, I explained to you on Friday, on the Friday show, why that is. Well, that's because if there is a family that began, uh, they were they bought a home maybe five years ago, six years ago, at a decent interest rate, three three and a half, four percent, or whatever, and now they've outgrown it because they've added three kids and they want to leave the one, the two bedroom and they want to upgrade to a four bedroom. Uh, they have to take their three and a half percent mortgage. And then they have to sell their house, and then to get the 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 bigger home. First, the first challenge for them is to sell the home that they have. That's one. Second thing is, and it's difficult to sell one, two, or three bedrooms. That's your starter home. People that are going to buy starter homes don't want to sign off on seven and a half percent thirty-year mortgages. So you're going to take your three and a half percent. You're going to first find someone to buy your one or two bedroom, then to buy a house like mine, like mine and Maggie's, then you're going to be paying uh, one and a half times for, for the same square footage of what you bought that first house for, okay? That's going to eat all of your equity, and then you're going to have to sign up for a 7.5% mortgage rate. Not very many people can do this. Now, there are some people that just just, just bank money. Hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, a year, maybe millions, this day and age of grift, usury, and fleece. There were a lot more of them a year ago than there are today. Why? Because the PPE bailouts ended. The STEMI checks ended. So all of this stuff leads us to today. You throw all this into the pot and start stirring it up, and you're going to get a pot full of poop. Financial crap. Somebody's got to eat it. It's going to be you. It's going to be the little guy. The only way you can distribute these losses is to the little guy. Middle class America is about to get bent over a barrel. It's going to have its pants pulled down around its ankles. And it's going to get it. And we're going to get it hard. And yet some people are still out there going counseling. No, we must maintain the union. Why? Why? Back to uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Yet SVP, the uh, bank, had the highest concentration of any, bank, uh, of any major bank in mortgage-backed securities, especially sensitive to that risk factor. This is an egregious oversight specific to SVB. Its investment portfolio was 57% of total assets, more than twice its peer average of 24%. Now, you have to ask yourself, how did this happen? Wasn't Dodd-Frank supposed to prevent this? Supposedly. Did it? Nope. You know, you get an expert opinion on Dodd-Frank from Ron Paul. Congressman Paul could tell you everything you want to know about why it didn't work and wasn't going to work and why it's responsible, at least partly, for this failure. 
Regulations require banks to hold high-quality liquid assets, and these can be categorized as available for sale or are held to maturity. With AFS investments, that's available for sale, unrealized gains and losses don't hit a bank's profit and loss statement, but they do affect capital. Uh, booking bonds and HTM, that's held to maturity, pre prevents gains and losses from showing up at all. SVB booked $91 billion out of $120 billion in the most favorable HTM category and only $26 billion as AFS. Why would the bank hold only $26 billion in AFS when it knew it had a concentrated high-risk deposit base? SVB intentionally decided not to hedge its interest rate risk this is shocking, giving its $120 billion securities portfolio had a duration of 5.6 years, meaning a 200 basis point increase in the five-year rate would equate to a $14 billion loss, roughly equal to SVB's entire capital base. And, and then he, there, 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 there's more on this. I, I want to skip down to the, to the uh, here you go. Either SVB was incompetent, or this is a case of moral hazard, taking excessive risk and expecting political favors and bailouts. Boom. There it is right there. 